The podcast you are listening to of Holmberg's Morning Sickness is brought to you by my friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Trust me on this one. You've had barbecue before, but you haven't had it this good. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com. There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Holmberg's morning sickness. Morning sickness. Good morning, everybody. Hello there. Welcome to a happy, uh, untightened butthole city. Oh my God. Oh, that's nice. Toilets flushing everywhere. Yes. This is the morning sickness. There is uh, Brady. There is Brett. Somewhere in here is Dick Toledo. And we're ready to go day after. Oh, the roller coaster of the playoffs and the emotions of the people and the everybody's panic button went off on Sunday night. Everybody's oh, oh release valve went off last night. Now Suns fans after we're gonna lose the series. We're gonna lose the series this is insane. Watching them run around last night. Suns at five. Suns at five. They're they they're insane. It is bipolar behavior to no end. And that's what makes this whole thing a blast. Your Phoenix Suns, somewhere about seven minutes left in that second quarter last night, became a playoff team. That's the and, and maybe as good as or better than the one that went to the finals a couple of years ago. They showed up. They were no longer the scatterbrained runaround pickup basketball team. They something clicked and they started to play playoff basketball. And they did it for two and a half solid quarters, no let up. Now they got to do it again on Thursday. That was fun to watch. Now, unfortunately. Uh, my day did not go quite as planned. Uh-uh. It was Doug Hopkins' birthday. First things first, Sherry over there at the uh, Dos Equis Beer Garden at the arena uh, couldn't be a sweeter person. She, you know, we chat with her all the time. She's uh, running the bar. She's very funny. She's she's like uh, an Ed DeBevick's uh, waitress. She tells people to shut the f up and all. You know, it's just like she's a, she's in a churning moan. A moan and they that, enjoy that. Oh, nobody can do anything about it. I don't know if they enjoy it or not. I can't tell, but I oh. enjoy it. I just know that for uh, she did not have time. She did not suffer fools lightly. She doesn't want you to go, so how's your day going? No offense, Brady. I used her voice as a kind <laughs> man. She doesn't need you to chit-chat with her. You're there. You get a beer. They serve a certain thing, and uh, then people come up and go, I'll just have a rosé. We're a beer garden. That's what you get back. <laughs> you get you, you just It's great. So she knew it was Doug Hopkins' uh, birthday yesterday, so she went to get him a cake. And one of the funniest moments, and I have uh, the cake itself, was uh, her going to the fries, I believe probably across the street, uh, to uh, to get herself the cake. Now, the guy at fries named Joe in the bakery said, uh, I never used this uh, cake writing utensil before. And she said, can't be too hard. It just has to say, happy birthday, Doug. So here's a photo of Joe. Performing the Working duties the cake, of a guy right. who's never worked a cake like right. this before. Here, here is what Joe ended up writing, which is, happy birth, dog. That's <laughs> because he wrote too I big. I can't even wow. It is horrible. It is an atrocious attempt at writing on a cake and hilarious. So that's how 
that got going, which is very funny. She got him a cake. It was very sweet. My job was to lead Doug to the beer garden so Sherry could present him with a birthday cake and have the entire Dos Equis beer garden sing happy birthday. <laughs> Problem is, I didn't go to the game. What? Yeah. So oh. y- yesterday, I go to, I had, uh, it, it got it got strange, and uh, yeah, it got very strange. So I had to go to a thing with the guys from Wilderness Athlete up there in Fountain Hills yesterday afternoon, went to a lunch. My day was to go out there, have the lunch, meet with those guys. They're great people, hanging out, and we went to a sushi place up there in Fountain Hills, which was really good. Uh, I wish I could have stuck around and had more, but I had it was tasty. So chit-chat, blah, 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 business, blah, 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 uh, the stories. I got to go. I got to run downtown. I got birthday things to grab i want to the h&h ranch needs a little love and i gotta meet with uh uh you know some stuff i got this this and this so i'm going downtown and it's like probably two right maybe a little earlier than that so i'm heading downtown get there and my my ticket partner mark texts me and says hey uh got the bank suite because he works at a bank got the bank suite um but I'm not sure yet how that's going to work. And I'm like, well, what do you want to do with the ticket? And he said, uh, and I said, because I got no second. I got a dog who had an operation. I got, I got no second right now. And you're giving me a couple hours to find somebody that's going to buy your ticket. And then he said, yeah, yeah. And I said, so I, I, I alluded to the idea that it would be a onesie for me if he doesn't go. It would be a tough, tough sell. And, he, and then so I get another text right away. and says, sweet is, sweet is uh, for sure. Sell the tickets. And I'm like, awesome. Put the tickets up. Sell them in a heartbeat. And then I get back to the apartment and I sit down on the ca- And I said, Mark didn't invite me to the suite. He just said he had a bank suite. And I just sold oh, the no. tickets. So I text him back and I said, tickets are sold. Did you say we have a bank suite or that you've got the suite? Yeah, I've got to host the suite. Uh Am I invited to this? And he goes, oh, no, I thought you couldn't go. And I'm like, no, no, no. Oh, <laughs> I could go. You couldn't go. You were telling. So where we, did that a part of the equation? Yeah, so where we, did that happen? There was a thing here that you said, I've got the bank suite, sell the tickets. And he said, well, I said that because if you can't go, let's just sell them. I'm like, well, I could go. But now I can't go because I don't have tickets. So I'm downtown. I'm sitting there like, well. And he goes, well, I'll see what I can do. If I can get an opening in the bank suite, if somebody does show up. Well, the entire bank showed up. The whole, the whole goddamn bank was in the playoffs. suite. Of course they did. It's Jesus. game through the playoffs. So I watched in the apartment with uh, Doug Hopkins' lady friend, Joy, on, on the TV. She didn't Just go to the game either? Well, Doug took a client of his, and, and Joy, was, she goes to a million games. So she's like, you can take that guy. So, no. Nope. Just sat there and ate, uh, ate crackles and special darks, because that's all that was in the apartment, and watched the game. On television, and occasionally yelled out the window, West Brick, West Brick, doing my best. Uh, missed out the entire thing. So, And maybe there's something to the idea of me not going because they played so much better. So maybe it was me. Are you mush? The potential that I'm mush. Wow. So do you go to the next game? Do you go to the <laughs> well, next home game? That's how we determine whether out. or not I'm yeah. mush. Yeah, that's how we would. Oh, I will have to go to game five There's now. not enough research yeah, yet. Because, yeah, it's a too, the sample size is too small to find out if I'm the mush. Oof. But it was just a weird revelation to get my whole afternoon, my whole day, and most of the day before was built on the idea that I was very excited about game two. I had pre party schedule, yes. Oh, Oh. left the lunch in Fountain Hills early 
to get downtown. Missed out on that. So as I could go over to the fries. Yeah, I missed a great free sushi dinner or lunch. Uh, so as I could go down there and grab stuff at fries for, you know, you know, stocking up for the pre-party super fun. And then, uh, and then got the thing. Got the bank suite, exclamation point. Yes. Sell those tickets. Yes. And I put those tickets on sale it, while I was in fries holding a Jack Daniels and a bottle of tequila. Just, you know, like, all right. And then put it down and it's going through the conveyor belt. And we got a bing within like five minutes of putting the tickets up online. Uh, your tickets have been sold. You will be paid within five to seven business days. I'm like, oh, that was easy. Good. Got, the pr- got a decent price. Nothing crazy. And uh, off I went. You know, probably even whistling. I could have been whistling. I may have been walking downtown, just walking. Hello, people in the arrogant butcher. How are you? What a wonderful day. Are you ready for the evening? I'm going to be in the suite. No, John, no. Zippity-yay. Why are you so angry? Oh, my, oh, my. Was this song offensive? Hop back in, get into the apartment, get there, plop down, smile on my face ear to ear, and then it just dawned on me, you know. You weren't actually invited to the bank street. Reread those texts. <laughs> Something inside me knew. Imagine if you would have rolled up there. Yeah, I'm uh, waiting for my buddy in the bank street. Is <laughs> Jimmy yeah, coming down any minute? Yeah, he's going to be here, I swear. Is your friend real? Oh, he's a real guy. Yeah, yeah, I know he's a real guy. <laughs> I haven't imagined it. He's a real guy. Hey, Mark. Yeah. He's coming. Trust me, he'll be here. He loves me. It's okay. What are you doing here, bro? And then I think out of pure, like, whoopsie, my best friend since the fifth grade didn't answer any of my texts from about five. And still, he's ghosted me completely. Well, when you use the C word so many times, George, and you can't blame him. (laughs) I didn't blame him. I actually, but my text actually said, this went sideways on me kind of quickly. I I think I've misunderstood something. Am I in the suite, too? Uh, And then nothing. Crickets. And then, ha, 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 I'll see what I can do. And I'm like, well, God damn it, I had tickets. <laughs> Idiot. <sighs> then four well, now you know they sell really quick. <laughs> well, yeah, the playoff tickets evidently go very fast, and I don't have to worry about that. So it was a, uh, <laughs> it was definitely d- disappointing. But I watched uh, the whole game. I was going to do it anyway. And I just said, because I've been nibbling on drinks all day, too. I'm like, this is going to be great. Having a little pre-party, you know, I'll have a little drink here while I'm getting everything. I'll have another one. And so I'm not able to just go home and slink back out. I was drinking. And then I had people coming. They were coming to the H&H Ranch before and after. So now I'm the host of the apartment. My buddy Marty and Ryan. They pop by, and they're like, hey, where are you sitting? And I'm like, I'm sitting right on this couch here. See, what happened was my friend is a jerk. I just like being around the playoffs. <laughs> I just like standing with you fellas. <laughs> yeah, and then Doug's friends show up, and they're going to the game, and I'm just sitting there like, this is great. You guys have fun, okay? <laughs> Idiot. So I didn't get to see any of it. I didn't know what the atmosphere inside was like. Brett asked me, he goes, was it crazy downtown? I don't know. I was I was alone for most of it. <laughs> Sad and alone. So what are you going to do? But now? At least you got to spoon with Joy on the couch. Yeah, Joy and I had a nice night. I, I did. I enjoyed uh, Doug's lady friend quite a bit. And, of course, being a good friend, Doug leaves the apartment. He goes, all right, I'll leave you two alone. Don't f*** her. I'm like, I'm not going <laughs> to do that. And he goes, I already took care of that. And I'm a classy, classy birthday boy. Nice. He's a classy birthday boy. 
And she's taking care of you. Couldn't do anything better than I just did. And I'm like, ah, whatevs. Now instead of Mark F you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah. And I should have told you her. Got That's a, a good challenge. point. Don't worry. Joy and I both got <laughs> today. <laughs> yeah. So still haven't heard from best friend since fifth grade on the quote misunderstanding. Yeah. Who does that hours before the game? Mark. A lot. Yeah, I get texts from him all the time. Can't do it. Got something going on. Business dinner. I'm like, okay. So I just, you know, I I got quick backups. I've been, you know, my buddy Brian shows up. If I've texted him at 630 for a 7 o'clock start and said, Brian, you in? Mark's out. Yep. And then he'll shoot down there. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I basically said, you have to take uh, Doug to Sherry. Since I can't do it, she bought him a cake. (laughs) Somehow another dog got over there. But he got it. Yeah. He got a dog cake. Yeah, happy birth, dog. <laughs> he started to write birthday, but it got too big. And he realized, didn't have enough room for day. And it just says happy, sort of, birth. And he spelled Doug without a U, which is hilarious. Guess what Randy Jackson does in his uh, time off? Works over with the sons, huh? That's right. You're going Hollywood, dog. Happy birth, dog. Happy birth. I don't have time for this. But uh, Sherry said he just looked at it. I ain't never written nothing with one of these. How hard can that be? Evidently, incredibly hard. When you're just the guy at Fry's saying, you want a cake? Yeah, I need you to write on it. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, that may be above my pay grade. But, so, anyway. But Suns win it. And that's, impl- that's the best part. The best part is, no matter where I was, no matter my experience, uh, the city has had their moment of uh, deflation now that they don't have to worry about any of the tightness. Till Thursday, if they do it. Now, you got to remember, though, that that Clippers team is very good, and Kawhi Leonard is a robot, and you just can't say, you know, well, now that they've won one, they'll never lose again. That was a. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Now it's that. Now it's a, now it's a series. Now you got your. This, I would not be surprised to see this thing go all seven. This is a four and five seeded series. These are the most evenly matched teams currently in the playoffs, um, and they're good. People look at it like the Clippers are nothing. If the Clippers had Paul George, they might have been like a two seed. They, that's a good team. So the Suns, have, and you got to beat the best to be the best. So worrying about all this stuff, you're going to lose a couple along the way. It's not all going to be sweeps right in, and then they just, you know, wait, you're going to have the trophy. We'll just give it to you in game one. It's not a guarantee for any of it. But boy, did they grow last night. I That was extraordinary to watch that team just go, all right, enough, and then turn it on. That different level, that necessary playoff level. Even DeAndre Ayton, who didn't play physically, played well enough last night to be like, all right, this is your game then. You're just going to shoot that little 12-foot elbow. That's pretty good. And Torrey Craig was outstanding. Monty's still a little crazy with the rotations, but you're going to hear a lot about the you know, the Suns just getting that. It might have been right at the seven-minute mark of the, of the second quarter when they were down like 13, and they just said enough is enough. It, it, it just something enough! something happened. They Their faces changed. Their demeanor changed. The defense changed. It was awesome. Awesome to watch. And more importantly, it allowed us all to have that thing. Oh, the relief at the end. And, you know, I've got the window open at the downtown H&H Ranch, and you hear all the people flooding out of the arena. Suns in five. Suns in five. Oh, you bipolar nightmares. You're all over the map here. You they can... all won Chick-fil-A, too. I know. I I even text my friend Mark, who still hasn't responded yet. Free chicken. Hello? Friend? 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 
He should at least give you his deal. He's up there having Studio 54 in his bank suite. I didn't. Apparently, he didn't stop by the H&H Ranch when he was done. No, and I texted him. I said, are you guys still coming up to the ranch? Crickets. Nothing. Wow. Yeah, this guy's really... Class. Yeah, class left. I was going to use another C word, but yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple choice ones. Holmberg's morning sickness. Disgusting. They smell. They're sticky. They say things that are horrible. Holmberg's morning sickness. You know what the best thing about this whole uh, thing is with the Suns? You forget it until it shows up again. I don't know what's going on in the world outside of this. And it's great. Like, I don't care about the Fox lawsuit. I don't care about uh, who's been shot 150,000 times in, uh, you know, in, in Des Moines. I don't care about Tucker Carlson's latest rant on Bud Light. I don't care about MSNBC's latest gap. I, none of it matters. And you start to realize that when you get distracted by something great, politics is horrible and doesn't matter. You're not changing a thing. Everybody's Twitter page where they're like, this is the end. I can't stand by light. Transgender this. Trend. It's not important. And it doesn't matter. And you waste so much time in your life screaming into the ether all your thoughts and feelings about how things have to change. And can you believe Biden did this? And do you understand that Trump's doing that? And then you get distracted by sports and you're like, oh, none of this matters. You put the Benadryl down and you watch the suns. Every day is sun's day. And you sit and say to yourself, why do I spend so much time furious at a news operation? Because you don't have a distraction with passion. Biden's ruining this country. Yeah, you get these trannies running all over. Hey, the basketball this is fun, and and we're we're all just dogs looking at squirrels. We got a squirrel right now, and it's fun. It's fun to focus on. I personally love it. It's party time for CNN and those folks. Sure, don't care, Brady, because yeah. you know what? In the end, you realize, oh, when I have something that's interesting to me, all that crap goes away, and and it's just CNN screaming, "Look at me! Hey, look at me!" And Fox going, but no, look at us. We're, we're doing th- And when you get distracted by something you really like, that's meaningful to you, that actually you don't get stupid distracted by the meaninglessness of Fox's deal with and CNN being happy about it and Fox getting sued and having to pay. And, you know, it's meaningless. Meaningless. And your Twitter feed that sometimes gets blocked by some of your friends because you go off on too many rants and you're nuts is like, enjoyable now because you're like yay i'm a i'm a person who likes sports sports that's the beauty of sports it truly just kind of whitewashes over all this stuff that we act like's important every day that really isn't it really isn't the bud light tranny controversy nothing in your life changed you had a few days of like spewing off with people you agreed with and and getting fired up over it, it was kind of fun and then you got distracted and everything else it's it's wonderful the distractions are wonderful because it really kind of resets you into the idea that, like, maybe I'm a little too upset about uh, the Trump lawsuit that I, frankly, just don't understand at all. I just know that I'm supposed to be upset about it. And you don't have the news organizations yelling at you to be, here's how you should feel about this. You actually have your own feelings. You have your own, you know, gut. You have your own kind of emotions because you're a sports fan. You're not having somebody on TV bark at you what you should be thinking. It's great. It's great. That's why I think... And there's an ending to it. 
Sure. Originally, you yeah. know, in the sports, whereas the other part of it, it never well, ends. It's, not, it's designed to never end. It's designed to be a long-term tap your brain, get you know, almost brainwashing to sit and say, here's how you feel now. Here's what you should do next. This is what you should buy because of it. Watch these commercials. Uh-huh. Uh, you're watching an entertainment-based, uh, you know, uh, earworm. And people fall for it. I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody. Sit and get grouchy or be like, hey, what's going on with this? You know, that doesn't matter. My only story that I knew about yesterday that I was actually that little toddler that crawled through the fence at the White House. There was a, a two-year-old that worked his way onto the White House grounds. Two. With a gun. Well, uh, they should have shot that. the baby. You shoot the baby. You, Anyone uh, that crosses you, over the you, fence. You, you shoot the baby. That is, to me, a terrorist threat. They use a, they'll use babies. They're training babies. It's now. not even training. Stuffing it. Where are the parents that a two-year-old's wiggling through a fence, and they're not going, whoa, 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 let's get you back. He's all, he's rogue, like you said a while ago. It's tough to keep up with those two-year-olds. No, it's not. <laughs> they're fast. I, nope. I'll win a race against all of them. Put me against every two-year-old on the planet, and we'll run, I don't care if it's 10 feet or 3,000 miles, I will beat two-year-olds at every speed event on the planet. All of them. Not when baby Lee Harvey got through the fence. <laughs> yep, but that's the thing. <laughs> so I'm thinking there, all right, these, uh, somebody from a country that likes blowing us up strapped a couple packages to a baby, stuffed him through the White House walls, hoped that he'd crawl a little bit closer to some important baby! people, and ba-boom, you got yourself a baby bomb. Tell you right now, if oh. I'm Secret Service and I see a little infant coming across, I'm like, not an infant, midget with a bomb, ending baby's life. That would have ended immediately. No, they picked it up, and they're like, ooh, he's a terrorist at age two. Guck, 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 guck. Well, if I was a terrorist and I looked, and I'm like, they don't take that seriously. Strap a baby to a bomb and stuff it through that fence. Lob a baby over the wall. <laughs> they'll, they'll be so busy trying to catch the baby and save it that when it blows up, they won't. Where are the parents? You've had a two-year-old, Brady. If you went to the White House, would it be allowed to crawl around outside, or are you carrying it? We lost Kirby in the Vatican multiple times. <laughs> right, she's gone. She's up there with the Pope. She snuck through a door. She's in a room. She's... No. A decent parent who doesn't have bomb strapped to a baby hangs onto it, puts it in a stroller. It's not allowed to wander around the grounds of the White House until it sneaks through a wall. Wrong person to ask. He had the street guys bring, That's true. bring Kirby well, back Well, at least if, if I assume Ronnie would have been she there. She was in the yard. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't in the yard. The guy, I heard the guy say, this, she's on the road. We thought maybe it was yours. Sure is. Thanks, new friend. <laughs> what was that? Ah, the yard, street guys, whatever. They brought Kirby back. Evidently, she'd wandered off. Yeah, you just now they have to put chicken wire on the base of the fence. Yeah, it's gonna be keep ugly. it from, from going through. It's not going to look good. Yeah, you get the green one sometimes; it's better. But the fence is black; it's not good. Yeah, but then I watch that and I'm like, hey, you got to shoot that baby. I, you know, I don't sound too cold hearted, but and then you take the parents in for questioning immediately. Nobody busts through our White House wall, baby or otherwise. That could have been a baby bomb. Either that, or you go over and you pick it up. You strip it down, you make sure it's got no bomb on it, and then you take it into some sort of silkwood room and hose it off so it doesn't, like, it's not covered in anthrax. That baby gets the full treatment. You don't know what kind of, maybe it was one of them Chinese babies, and they shoved it through the fence, and now one of them Secret Service guys has uh, the new COVID on him, and he's going to take it inside the White House and kill our incredibly fragile president who is, you know, teetering 
his immune system is zero. AIDS patients on their last day had a stronger immune system than our president does. You got to keep away from them babies. And babies themselves will make Joe Biden die. Can't have that. To watch babies sneak through fences. I'm like, all right. My first, and they're, it's all cute. Everything I read about it's all it was adorable. Isn't that cute? No. Where's Allah Ahmad and his mother, the parents of this child? It's <laughs> very heavy. It's about 63-pound two-year-old. Yeah, because he's strapped with bombs. You fed him a bunch of bombs. That's where you have that circus cannon. <laughs> yeah. Fire him into that <laughs> fountain where the Washington Mountain right. is. And you shoot him on the way in like a skeet. You don't go trying to catch him and save him. Baby's coming over the fence or through the fence. Like, oh, McCarlene, you adorable. Oh, they blow up so fast. <laughs> you don't let anything breach the walls. Because now there's a plan. If Biden saw that baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grab that little baby. Yeah, no, no, touch it. Oh, sir. Shit the baby. Gotta kill that baby. That's a trap. That's a trap. Let me smell its hair. I giggled for 10 minutes on that one going, well, there's an idea. They've been saying it for years. Everybody that came back from Afghanistan was like, those people are unafraid to use children as a decoy and and explode them. I got a couple of friends I know for sure aren't normal anymore because they had... Orders to shoot kids. Don't trust anything in that road. Even if it's a child, that's worse. Shoot it. I have two friends I know that mentally aren't normal as they used to be because their orders were, don't care how old they're. And for a while there, it was like, if it looks like it's 13 or older, kill it. How do you tell? Like, it might be, you know, an advanced nine-year-old. I got some baby crawling around in the street by itself. Busting through a wall? Uh-uh. Not on my watch, friend. I need some ID. <laughs> I'm not picking it up. I kick it. Just put it right in through the wall. I'm not getting my hands on it. I'm not catching whatever powders they've put on them. You don't know what's going on with that. Sure, it's extreme, but so's the alternative. But that's the only story I saw yesterday. And that did make me laugh because we just saw our Achilles. Adorable infants. Next, and a puppy. Look, uh, people are like, you're horrible. Okay, I love puppies. If puppies start sneaking through the White House fence, take them down. They're full of bombs. First assumption is that's a bad boy puppy. He's been loaded with bombs. And also, who's the person that took an unguarded infant or puppy and said, stand by this wall and he'll just sneak through the little hole? Nope. Nope. They don't have any video of this on how this kid got through. And They have the video of two guys holding the baby up on the other side of the fence. On the White House side. So Aknan and whoever <laughs> yeah. pushing the baby the through yeah. didn't. Right. They're not on like, video. And a grocery right. cart full of uh, I mean, pressure cookers. If you're a parent and your kid is like halfway through the fence to the White House, aren't you running over and pulling you on its think, leg? Yeah. Or are, you know, maybe viral video filming the thing? Yeah. But when it gets lost on the other side of the wall, my first thought is, we might lose that baby forever if we can't get them back. I mean, the White House don't have a ring camera where we can see like <laughs> right. something like this. I mean, my house does. Exactly. Yeah, if a baby breached my front door, yeah. there'd be evidence of it thanks to Arlo. He might have panicked maybe because the mom wasn't there. He's like, oh, boy, I'm going to get in real trouble. I'm, I'm taking off. <laughs> How bad a dad are you? Bad. Yeah. That offend- it's that guy with the coyote. That's, I was just going to say, yeah. the same the guy. Same dude, yeah. Yeah, it's He's the same dude. Like, Honey, I don't know what was going on. Were you asleep or talking to a woman with huge breasts? 
<laughs> no, you know how hard it is to keep up with a two-year-old. They're very fast. No, they're not fast, Brian. Ours is. He got right into the White House. It was amazing. You were asleep, were you? How could you just sleep looking at the White House? What? How big were her breasts? 34 double D. <laughs> she took an interest. What am I supposed to do? You don't lose your child. You're crawling around at the... He got distracted by the meter maid writing tickets to cars. Like, don't say that! <laughs> yeah, look. Look. There was a piece of ass in front of the White House, and I lost track of the kid. The tyke's back with us. Why are we fighting? What's the biggie? Because it's on the news, and you're nowhere to be found. Secret Service agents are holding Caden Braden. And you're nowhere. I was somewhere, just not in that photograph. I was talking to that lady. She had lost her child as well. I just didn't know I had lost mine quite yet. You don't lose a two-year-old. You're the worst parent in the world if a two-year-old gets away from you. Sorry. You, you are, you know, I don't know how many parents there are currently. Probably I'm guessing about three billion. You're in the lower one percent if a two-year-old gets away from you and you just wipe your forehead and go, they're so fast. How do you keep up? Oh, you keep up by walking. They can't outmove you. If you're in a wheelchair, if you're Stephen Hawking, you win a race against the two-year-old. They scurry. And they're fast for a two-year-old. But they're not fast. Not fast enough to get away. Ever. <laughs> Ever. Space like that? Yeah, for sure. And Brady, anywhere. A two-year-old can't get away from a grown-up. That's just, Stop defending the fact that you could possibly lose one. It's like you have a plan to lose John, one. John, if you're taking a nap, you lose a two-year-old. There must be a story we don't know where Kirby was missing for weeks because of you. She's just a damn fast. Because you're always in. Or either that or you have a plan to lose a two-year-old soon. And one of the key components is its speed has to be part of your story. If you lose a two-year-old, it's because you, you're a bad you're not parent. Attention. You're just a bad daddy. That's it. For that moment, you can, you, look, you can fix it. You're a bad daddy if a two-year-old escapes your clutches. It was third and nine. <laughs> right. to make the first look, down. I turned around. She's gone. And here's the, and you're a bad mommy if daddy's responsible for the two-year-old during the, during game. the game. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you ought to know about like it. I last try to night, explain that. Oh, no, no, no. You don't explain it. There's no explanation. You say, it's yours for three hours. I don't want it. That's your daughter. Right. We agree. If we want to keep a daughter, you watch it. I'm out for three hours. The game's more important? Yes. For three hours. Then I'm checking back in with the kid. Don't fall for that whole, you know, passive-aggressive gaslighting that you love football. There's ways of working You love out. football more than your kid. For three hours on a Saturday or Sunday, you do. It doesn't mean it's long-term. It means that your priorities are not that child for three hours. And if someone else is there who doesn't care about the game, they should watch it. Evidently, there were two, and I'm, I'm just throwing it out there, potentially Middle Eastern parents who didn't care about their kid enough to uh, sightsee the White House and let it crawl through the wall. Homebirds morning sickness. Disgusting. They smell. They're sticky. They say things that are horrible. Holmberg's morning sickness. I am, I am sniping that thing. It's going to be a oh, bloodbath. Anything that pokes its head through. Why do we have a slatted gate? 
Why can't we have it a, looks great. Don't we need a solid gate for the White House? Can't we? What do you think? The, take a page out of the Buckingham Palace. Yeah, put those giant steel doors on. You know, glass, maybe even just a real thick glass we can see through, but you can't penetrate. Nah, a rod iron, that'll work. <laughs> you just get to nobody's going to slide through this. What are we, a baby with a bomb on it? What are the odds? Huge. They're huge. It would just be an embarrassment. The world. Uh, think of a worldwide embarrassment if a two-year-old snuck through and blew up. The United States <laughs> suffered quite a tragedy this afternoon when a, <laughs> sorry, when a two-year-old crawled through and blew up part of the way. Okay, I can't. Really? Hit by another baby bomb. Yeah, hit by another baby bomb. They're just... <laughs> Parents say the baby was so fast they couldn't catch it. <laughs> two-year-old. That's right. Americans believe that two-year-olds are so incredibly fast they can't be caught by a grown adult. Garbage. I understand you don't want to get off the couch. And go get your kid crawling through the doggy door so it doesn't go in the pool. Because that seems like, oh, he's moving all over. Because you're tired and lazy and you're done. They're not faster than you. Brady, stop it. Occasionally, though. No, never, ever, ever in a speed contest would a baby beat a grown-up. Don't underestimate those little wizards. Totally overestimating the little wizards (laughs) that you losing to a two-year-old makes you the worthless human that you may be. If you're like, well, there's a good chance that two-year-old will blow right by me. You are a, you need to get off my planet. You are a, you are everything I never want to be. You are a lump of nothing if you lose to a two-year-old in a speed contest. He got me again. One of these days. <laughs> Chad GPT. I think that's the one I just, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it says, evidently, one of your new co-workers at the other station uh, had a two-year-old uh, get out of its condo last week, and Scottsdale police picked it up. Well, and it's the worst father in the world, and we work in the same building with him. I understand distractions, but using the excuse that it's too fast to catch is unacceptable. That's, you know, that's, all right, well, if that's the case, then we're just going to take it away. From, you're not allowed to have it. If you, the speed of a two-year-old is too much for you, you're... We're just going to put this thing in a shelter and we'll get it to a family that's got, you know, bipedal capability. Crazy. <laughs> Too fast. Brady plans on losing a two-year-old. He wants that to be a thing. It's never lost a two-year-old. Well, once. Yeah, you have. But if you ever came back, she's just too fast. I can't. Well, then we're going to bring up a rookie that's got a little more speed than the two-year-old to be the new daddy. Yeah, it had nothing to do with speed. You know, I'm going to bench you as a dad. I'm like, look, I'm going to put in a guy who can keep up with a two-year-old. If, if your excuse is Ben's, the, the kid I'm guarding, too fast. All right, well, in sports, that means you sit, and the faster backup gets to play now. It's a family thing, because didn't you guys say that his uh, he got found in diapers yep. oh, at yeah. somebody's porch a couple times? Right. Well, Brady was the third kid. That was less about being fast and more about Bunny just didn't care. Just done. Yeah. yeah, just done at that <laughs> point. All right with the first two. Yeah, and then the third one, if we <laughs> they, lose the third one. They should watch him. Then that, that's the other thing. The parents say, oh, your older brother or whatever, watch him. Yeah. It, it, you don't put that responsibility on. But the problem that I had heard about your deal was it was when your kid, when your brother and sister were in school already and you were the one wandering around the streets and Bunny was just like, Franzia, where's my wine? I'm done. I've, I've raised two good ones. The third one will come back or it won't. That's fine. I did. Two for three is really good. That's Hall of Fame numbers. The only way you're going to lose a two-year-old if it's a two-year-old from Kenya. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if, you, if you've adopted a Kenyan two-year-old, there's a chance that, but I'll still beat all. Look, I'm confident at my current condition, all two-year-olds on the planet currently. On Even Earth, a Kenyan? 
I mean, look, there's, they're going to be the fastest ones. They're clearly <laughs> going to be the best ones. They're probably walking at like three months and like probably in a, in a slight light jog by one and a half. Uh, but I will be able to, uh, but just, just simply based on my stride versus theirs. Now, if there's a six foot two year old from Kenya, which is possible, A, I'm questioning birth records. B, uh, there's a chance I'm looking going, wow, all right, this is going to be one of my tougher battles. But I still think it's at night at age two. All right, that has nothing to do with it. But although hilarious, it's not that. It's still, you always have an excuse on why you're going to lose the two-year-old. Well, how do you keep a dark baby around? It's at that kind of speed when there's no moon. Africa has a moon, Brady. I lost him, officer. Why? He was too black. That's never happened to us. We're the police. We find them everywhere. Oh. That was simply a joke for Brett because Brady feels bad about saying two-year-olds could outrun him. What about at night then? How come you keep trying to find reasons a two-year-old isn't going to outsmart you? <laughs> you have an insecurity that's that's shiny. <laughs> it's possible. I'll find an angle. All right, Kenyon. Uh, no moon. Nighttime. Do you tell me you keep up with that? Yup. Now, in Kenya, there is a chance that if I did lose a two-year-old, I'd bring the wrong two-year-old back. (laughs) But I would bring back a two-year-old. This skinny one was outside. Is this ours? It looks just like ours. Anyway, stop it, Brady. Just get on board the the righteous side. I'm on board. I'm on board. You're you're fighting me a little bit on this one. Babies getting lost is inexcusable. Getting stolen, that's one thing. You lose a two-year-old, you're out on the parenting game. There's no coming back from that one. If you have to call someone and go, I can't find the two-year-old, what happened? Slipped away. Speed. Speed was the element. I I just didn't see it coming. So the average baby moving about one mile an hour, how long has he been gone? Jesus Christ, I have to admit, I haven't haven't seen him for hours. (laughs) I'm a bad father. All right, we're going to take this baby away from you. You're not allowed to have one anymore. That's probably best. That's probably for the best. You lose your dog two or three times, you're not allowed to have a dog anymore. You lose a two-year-old, you're out. You're out. If at any point at the at the fun park, a coyote's toting your kid away, and you're like, huh? oh, Jesus Christ, you're out on parents. You're not allowed to have one anymore. They can sneak up on you, and you can wrestle them away. But if the coyote's like already just like, hey, I got your kid, and you're just like, well, anyway. And do those natural breasts? Or did you? Because those are... <laughs> Hold on a second. Is that your kid in that coyote's mouth? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're not that fast. Anybody want to challenge me? Bring your two-year-old down here. I, I swear, I, in any endeavor, athletically, I will kick the living out of that thing. I will, speed, power, strength, jumping, kicking, throwing. There isn't a two-year-old out there. I'm not better at everything than. And I know for a fact if I was responsible for one, it, I wouldn't look over and go, hey, look on the White House grounds. That's ours. How did that happen? Speed, honey, they're just lightning quick. Yeah, that's what I think, too. has nothing to do with us being oblivious morons. Anyway, good luck to that. Go, son. But you, you do have to also imagine that that noise I'm making for, uh, for Suns fans has to be the noise that uh, that father made at the White House, too. Going, where, where is it? Oh, oh, God, thank God they didn't shoot it. Oh, my God, my wife would have killed me. So I saw you. I saw you on the news today. What happened when you took the kids sightseeing? Oh, we got into the White House. <laughs> what was her name? 
I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, honey. What was her name? Stacia. <laughs> she spits over there on the. I'm sorry. Why you gotta bring up old stuff? So it's we all over the news. Here's your baby. Look, you're nowhere to be seen, but there's two guys holding your baby on the White House side. On the White House side of the fence. Great job, Brian. I'm sorry. Tell Caden Jaden. You're never gonna see Caden Jaden again. He's just too quick for you. She's an influencer. Look, yeah, she was taking pictures. She asked me to hold her ring light. What would you have done? Oh, I don't know. Not put the baby down. <laughs> oh, right. Well, that's probably... Well, well, besides, I guess you know how to do everything, right? I'm going to the bar. Take the baby. Was that, where is he? Probably running track, you prick. <laughs> yeah, I, I challenge all your babies. Bring it down here. In fact, I'm going to bump it up to four. I'm going to bump it up to four. There isn't a four-year-old I can't catch. And, and I'm you not, got fake hips. And I get two fake hips, which puts me in a better situation than I was oh, a couple yeah. years ago. I'm very, I'm, I'm liquid fast right now. I'm very quick. I'm quicker than I thought I was ever going to be. I'm faster today than I was about 10 years ago. These hips are ridiculous. I'm robotic. Yeah, put a four-year-old in front of me. Now, I will tell you this. A four-year-old's a little bit more slippery. Uh, in my method, uh, I'm knocking him down. I'm going to be physical with it. He wants to try to get away from me. There's going to be some hog ties. There's going to be some, you know, horse collars. There might be a clothesline. But you bring it down here. I will watch your child, and I guarantee you one thing. He ain't getting out of my sight. Now, if I care about him, I'll that's, keep him That's the key. The I distractions. Don't, I don't yeah. care about your kid. So if you're putting me, again, that makes you a bad parent as well, saying, John, watch my child while I do something else. I'm like, it's the Anthony Jesselnik thing. It's like, will you hold my baby for a minute? While you work or for whatever a, you're doing. For a minute. Yeah. And then I'm dropping it. <laughs> That's it. You get 60 seconds. I've agreed to 60 seconds of holding your baby. Take your stupid two-year-olds and shove them up your ass. And if it's a challenge, I will destroy them. And it's not even close. Brady, however, you might want to win an over I never lost a two-year-old. Yeah. Kirby you, was four. Yeah. You seem kind of convinced, though, that two-year-olds might outsmart you. And that worries me. You never know. And then he brings up the darkness, which I just don't think was appropriate. No, you interpreted it. <laughs> no, we didn't. It's not we, about no, the, stop uh... it. Don't backtrack on that. It's exactly what you meant. That's right, David Duke. We know exactly what you meant about your Kenyan baby losses. Uh, give us a wake-up song. 585-9800. A good one. And we'll scream it together. It's 98 KUPD. Wake up! It's out of control now. You've been listening to Holmberg's Morning Sickness Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat, ericsfamilybbq.com.